Hello, Ray, and also to Roma. I just want to thank you and your guest, Roma, for this episode you made. This is the first episode of your podcast that I listened to. I learned and related so much to it. Really enjoyed it as well. I love how you guys were able to talk about this conversation in a lighter note, but still very deep and meaningful. I love the works of Brene Brown as you both do, and right before you even mentioned her, I was already thinking about it. Thank you for the hard questions that you asked Roma, and Roma, thank you for the clear and practical lessons to help us. What was just read was an actual email from Diane, one of our listeners. Her email gave us the idea for an episode about the price of a Philippine college diploma. Not just necessarily the peso amount, but the blood and sweat and tears that accompany it, especially for the typical Filipino teenager who comes from a poor family. I relate to Roma's story of being a spendthrift. I also celebrate my birthday for the whole month. But I do my shopping splurges on Christmas, and instead of makeup, I bought clothes, shoes, and bags. This was me as a teen in high school, 14 years old to be exact. I also had the weird feeling of, what if, for once, I find out how much I spend when I splurge, unquote. So I did, and what Roma said about what she felt, I could relate and I felt it too. I was very disappointed in myself. That was the truth that I had to accept. There was nothing I could do. Same as our hips, numbers don't lie. And what was done was done. As I was moving forward from it and making better choices, it was around that time that our friend, whom we called Kuya or Big Brother, was about to graduate. We were very happy and excited for him, and as we asked him which school he would pick for college and what course, he told us that he could not go to college because graduating high school was hard enough to get through. Throughout the years of our friendship, that he was not able to go out with us on outings or visit the houses of our classmates and schoolmates, he was working so he could support his studies. No matter how much they strived as family, there were really days that they didn't have food on the table. So my already disappointed self got stirred up. From disappointment, I started to hate my choices, especially knowing that what I spent was as big as the cost of a year of college at our state university. So at 14, that was my financial awakening. And not only that, I learned what was truly valuable to me. I was so mad at myself and the things that I bought that I said, quote, I bought so much stuff that I thought was important, but it turns out, I was just collecting trash, unquote, in my journal entry. If I had known about Kuya B's situation, I would not have spent that way. I would have given the money to him instead. There was so much guilt and even more shame. I was so embarrassed about it. I couldn't even share it with my friends at that time. Let's pause for a moment here to talk about college tuition. She mentioned that Kuya B could not afford it. So the question is, what actually is the cost of a typical state university college tuition in the Philippines? That's a good question. 
I don't think we know right now, right? Maybe in the past. <laughs> do you remember how much you? <laughs> no, it was a decade ago. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I seem to recall that mine was probably around 10 to 15k for a sem, so that's like around 20 to 30k a year. But now, or rather, from 2018, so we looked at shed.gov.ph, and their list says it looks like the average cost of state universities and colleges per year is currently, or as of 2018 anyway, 36,000 pesos. That's only for state universities and colleges, right? Which are cheaper. For private schools, it's way more expensive. Because according to moneymax.ph, it costs up to 190,000 annually in Ateneo de Manila University and up to 230,000 a year in De La Salle University. That's expensive. <laughs> this is so expensive, right? <laughs> Tuition fees in the Philippines increase by an average of 10% every year, about twice the country's average inflation rate of 4% to 5%. While the cost of education rises exponentially, household incomes don't grow as much. And this is just not true for the Philippines. Like If you look around, even outside, like in the US, in the UK... It's the same thing. Like the prices of tuition usually is way higher than inflation rate. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. And not only that, they are very exclusive as well, right? Aside from being very expensive, it's also very hard to get in. Oh yeah, the Ivy League schools and all that. At least I think in the Philippines, it wasn't as difficult. I mean, as long as, for example, you have the brains or you have the money, you can get in, right? Like if you pass the entrance exam. Usually, you would have a chance to go in. Maybe not necessarily for the course that you want, if it's a quota course or whatever, but at least it doesn't have to go through all those hoops at the other schools, at the other countries, as you mentioned, right? Like in other countries, you have to go through an interview and all these things. I don't think that we had some of, we did we have that in the Philippines? Like my school, I don't remember being interviewed at all. Did you? No, I don't think so. It was just like a standard entrance exam, which is rather easy. So it's not really mm. restrictive. Yes. <laughs> they would really sift or reject a lot of applications. Usually it's rare to be rejected in a university. I would yeah, say. I would say as long as you have the money, they're going to accept you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they need students. <laughs> the problem is though, that's something that a lot of Filipinos don't have. And maybe that's why in the other countries... They have to reject people because everyone maybe more or less can afford it. Or if they cannot afford it, they can at least get a student loan, right? That's not something that we have in the Philippines. I don't really remember that you yourself can apply for a student loan. Maybe your parents can apply for different kinds of loans themselves. But if your parents are poor, why would anyone grant them a loan, right? Yeah, actually, that's one of the upward pressure of the prices of education as well is the ability for students to have loans so in, in the u.s schools have i would say incentive to increase prices because they are given loans anyways mm. i wouldn't say it's really a plus thing to have access to student loans because it's becoming a big problem in the u.s right now so maybe hopefully the prices of tuition fees in the Philippines do not go so high that becomes ridiculously expensive for a lot of Filipinos. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, because I think the problem now in the U.S., as you said, because they are granted loans, then a lot of people, they are saddled with debt. Yes. And they cannot really find jobs that pay that high 
for them to be able mm. to pay off these debts that easily. So that's also another problem if you look at it. At least in the Philippines, you don't maybe have debt to begin with. Exactly. But the problem is it excludes a lot of people though from trying to even get education to begin with, right? Because at least in US, if you graduated high school, you are able to find a decent job. In the Philippines, that is unfortunately not the case. So how could you hope to get out of poverty if you cannot even have the vehicle to get there, right? So that also is a problem. And aside from tuition, there are also other costs like books, lab fees, Xerox copy fees. <laughs> do people still use Xerox now or do they just take photos of everything? I don't know, right? And school supplies, for example, we had notebooks or pens. And again, about that, I'm not sure if kids still use them or do they just use laptops and iPads? Mm, that's a good point. But even so, that's more expensive, right? Yeah. And aside from that, you also have to pay for a boarding house if your family lives far away from the school. Then you also need to pay for your own food. Unlike those who live with their families where you have free food from your parents, right? And if, for example, you're in Manila, that's more expensive compared to what you usually spend in your province. So it's doubly harder. And that's why, for me, even though I had a scholarship with a stipend, I could not study in Manila even though I wanted to. Because 1,500 pesos a month, that was my stipend. That's not enough to pay for board and lodging in Manila. I mean, in Zamboanga, that was pretty decent because I was living with my parents, right? So at least that's just my daily allowance. I could survive. Unless you sleep in the classroom. What? <laughs> Do they allow that? I don't think so. It really does get exponentially expensive if you're not studying in your hometown. You don't have the comfort of your own shelter or your house. Mm. And yeah, home-cooked meals is typically a lot cheaper than restaurants or cafeterias around the school, right? Because they usually jack up the prices. Oh, we have a prime spot for students and so. Yeah. And also, there's just a lot more overhead cost <laughs> for you living on your own, right? Because you have to spend everything. Exactly. And if you come from a poor family, it really is hard. It's very expensive to get college education. You can't get a loan, so your only other option is to get a scholarship. But if you're not qualified, then you're out of luck, right? There are other options as well. Like for scholarships, you either are really freakishly intelligent, right? Or maybe if you're good at something like athletics, you can become a varsity, then you will have discount. But I'm not sure if it's really like 100% discount. Maybe if you're the quarterback or if you're the kind of top player, right? We don't have quarter. <laughs> did we have football games in the Philippines? I think you mean the like, star player in the basketball or something. Yeah, star player. Did you have that Maybe. in your school? I, I mean, I don't know. Because for me, I didn't know anyone who was a scholar because he was good in sports. But maybe in your school... You had, do you mm. remember? So we did have varsity scholarships. Mm -hmm. But I can only think of basketball as kind of like the widely followed sport. So every time there's like a match between our school against the other schools, then students would flock and cheer on. And yes, those students are in fact scholars. And sometimes you would doubt that they are still students because they are very big and they look rather old maybe they purposely <laughs> <laughs> extended their years of stay in school or in the university so that they can play more college basketball wait i seem to remember there was a controversy about this remember the philippines little league or something many many years ago so we won something i don't know was it olympics i, I really can't maybe i can quickly google oh it was a 1992 little league world series 
scandal. And oh my god, it's from my city. That's why I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> the team representing the Sambuanga City Little League, the Filipino representative in the Far East region, won the international championship. So there had been some some suspicions about the Sambanga City team soon after it arrived in Williamsport. Several committee members didn't think the manager and coach seemed typical. However, nothing came off it after assurances were given that the manager and the coach were from the same league as the players and had coached in that league during the regular season. A few days after Sambanga City's triumphant victory, however, journalist Al Mendoza of the Philippine Daily Inquirer began publishing stories suggesting that some players were ineligible. He'd received letters from several neighbors and relatives claiming that several players were too old for Little League. So Whoa, exactly what you, you said. See? You see? <laughs> <laughs> there really are cases. So in that story, it was the neighbors who sent complaints, right? But usually, it's the opposing team, especially if they lost, right? Oh, gugui or oh, they are too old. Let's contest. <laughs> Let's check the birth certificate if they really are eligible. Maybe because of the incentive, right? If you're really good at one thing, say basketball, and if it's your shot at maybe showcasing your talent to other professional teams that would recruit you, then yeah, who are incentivized to play more college <laughs> basketball rather than graduating. And I suppose since this was mentioned in Sambuang, I guess we probably also had varsity scholars, just that I didn't know anyone personally because you know, accountancy students don't tend to be sporty people, you know what I mean? You're right. That's a good point, actually, because it's usually an either-or, right? It's either you're, you focus on academics or you kind of like half-baked dip into athletics and academics. Mm, yeah, exactly. It's rare for you to be an ace on both worlds unless you are really freakishly good and you're good at managing your time because you can do practice at the same time, study and ace exams as well. That would have been difficult. You're right. Usually academic scholarships, in my school anyway, there was an automatic 100% tuition scholarship for valedictorians and I think it's 50% for salutatorians but that is only for the first semester or first year and then I think you need to retain some or maybe the one who's on top or whatever then they're the ones who get to keep the scholarship right it's quite competitive in our area Sambuanga City was the city so a lot of the people from the provinces they go there the ones who cannot afford to send their kids to Manila they just go to Sambuanga instead and the problem is, if you cannot maintain the grades, then what's going to happen to you, right? Let's continue with Diane's story. I committed to Kuya B that I would help him no matter what happened. He's so intelligent and responsible that I didn't want him not to have the chance to go to college. Even though he was the youngest in the family, they really could not afford to send him. I asked my parents, and they agreed. But they took it back because when it was my turn to go to college, college assurance plan or cap went bankrupt i lost my college money also because a family's primary provider was my dad who was in the u.s while we were in the philippines his job situation became unsure during the 2008 market crash so i vowed to help him financially in any way i could so he could go to school i budgeted my allowance so i could save something to give him I studied hard because I negotiated with my parents that if I could get an academic scholarship in school, they would give me the money that was saved for my tuition fee. Kuya B got his own scholarship, had his part-time job, 
We even had an e-load business and also sold school supplies in school. I competed in contests that had monetary prizes. It's funny how I joined everything. Essay, quiz B, dance, even beauty pageants. I won them all, except for beauty pageants. I was legit money greedy at that time because it was really needed. It wasn't an easy sailing life. I cried so much, especially when there were things that I really wanted, but I had to stop myself and sacrifice what I wanted for the greater good. It was all worth it because we graduated at the same time. He's been working already and went on to get his master's and is now studying for his doctorate level. Being honest with yourself is the most painful thing to do, but it leads to self-awareness that sparks change. Because I came to that thought of, is this all I'm going to be? Are these material things really going to make me happy throughout my life? Is there anything more to me than just a materialistic person? This experience has really changed me within and has pointed me to the right direction ever since. It gave me a different level of confidence where I said, if I can help someone go through college while I'm in college, then I can definitely do it when I'm earning my own money. Since then, I have had college students I support. Kuya B and my two other high school friends, we were able to make a scholarship program which now has 28 graduates. Currently, we have 23 students still in school. This has given my life so much joy and fulfillment, something that any material thing can never give. This is something that I had to painfully accept and eventually, I was finally able to share it. Your listener, Diane. Ah, that was so incredibly touching, isn't it? 28 graduates, oh my god, that is mm. a lot. And 23 still in school, so it's crazy how they're able to support so many students at once. Like, yeah. You, you could think like, okay, 28 graduates, probably they've been doing it for two decades, and so, you know, it's three graduates per year, but 23 students concurrently? That's a big financial commitment. Yeah, if, if 36000 a year times 23 students and by that math, what is that? That's a lot of money. Let's just say it's a, lot, a of lot of money. Yes. A million. <laughs> so yes, that is a lot of commitment on their part. And also f- to her, right? The thing that she did for her classmate, Kuya B, that was so nice of her. She didn't need to do that, right? Like she mentioned that she was crying because there were things that she wanted, but because she had committed to him, then she still went and did it. It would have been easy for her to say like, i sorry, it wasn't really her responsibility, right? Like she's not his sister or mother or something like that, but she stuck to it. Cup, that was a disaster, right? Yeah, I used to be a cup scholar as well. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. But then they went bankrupt. So it's, it's the problem, right? So cost of tuition increased so much higher than inflation that mm. what college assurance plan envisioned it to be was beyond their promise. Like they promised to fund the college in like four years or 10 years later, but the investments that they made was not able to cover the commitments that they made. So tuition increased by 10%. Their investment probably grew to 3% per year. So who's going to pay for the difference? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. It blew up because they weren't open about it. I think they waited at the last moment that it just, okay, sorry, we don't have enough money anymore. We file bankruptcy. Oh, 
perhaps maybe the government could have stepped in, helped them a little bit. It's just affected a lot of families, and including myself. Like, I was supposed to be a CAP scholar, but because they were bankrupt. You didn't have money for your scholarship. Yeah, I think I seem to have had friends whose parents invested in college assurance plan, but then it didn't really work out. I don't know what happened in the end. Did they even get even a small amount or not at all? So for myself, I did get a fraction. Not really the entire capital that my father has funded, but at least a big portion. So say, for example, you funded 100,000 pesos in the college experience plan, and then they promise, okay, I will fund your son's tuition, but then, oh, 36,000 per year. It's like, oh, <laughs> only three years. What, what, fourth year, what's going to happen in the fourth year? <laughs> so like, it was really short. And once they went bankrupt, they sold all the assets that they've invested, converted that to cash, and then whatever was remaining cash, they distributed it to the policyholders. Ah, okay. So it was a fraction only of what my father invested, but at least we got something back. It wasn't totally zero. It's painful, right? Because it's not the money actually that's lost, but the opportunity. If you're a student, you graduated, and all of a sudden you have to stop schooling, and then you feel bad, you get depressed. You had to stop studies. Your classmates are posting in Friendster that they have graduated. And <laughs> okay, Friendster, yeah. You know that? Like, yeah. it's, it's more of the <laughs> mental impact as well. That's, that's more important than the monetary. Kuya B's story is actually not uncommon in the Philippines. It's because majority, I would say, right, of the Filipinos are below middle class, I would say. In fact, we were both scholars. So I think I would not have been able to afford my college education if I have not been lucky enough to qualify for a full scholarship. You also got a full scholarship, right? Yes, that's right. You were actually a basketball varsity scholar. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, they have a minimum height requirement and I wasn't able to try out because... I couldn't get in, right? They have a yardstick <laughs> at the entrance. Oops, sorry. <laughs> you didn't even you qualify for that. Oh my gosh, yes. Couldn't even get in. <laughs> there are a lot of scholarships available, but there are requirements for them. And it really depends on the scholarship. Like I think the first one I tried to apply for, I did not really qualify because they thought I was not poor enough. Some of the scholarships have that kind of qualification. And I wasn't a valedictorian or a salutatorian of my school. It just so happened that my mother found out that there was this GSIS scholarship that was available to government workers' children. So I tried applying for that. And luckily, I was able to get one of the slots. So mine is a non-governmental organization. So my benefactor is actually a citizen of Sweden. Mm, wow. He kind of like already fulfilled his career as a doctor in Sweden. And then he realized that he wanted to help. Mm. So looking for promising students in third world countries. And that's why he moved to the Philippines. He put up a business and then he looked for a scholars, grantees. And I was lucky enough to be one of the grantees. I actually was a scholar since high school. Wow. Second year high school, all the way to college, I was funded through that scholarship program. Wow, that's very nice. When I graduated, similar to what Diane has described, there are a lot of graduates already and concurrently maybe around 20. Until now, that scholarship is still ongoing. Oh, that's so nice. It really is a good program. And it's not necessarily looking for the best of the best. He has a very unique 
filtering process. Like the, the exam that we took was abstract. And then he interviews the grantees as well. And because he's a doctor, he's a psychologist, he has a, I would say, a secret sauce that he's looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's his money, right? So maybe he's looking for the person he feels really deserves the scholarship. So the last name of my benefactor was Kenner Hoff. So the name of the foundation is KFF. The start of his last name, K, and then the last two letters, FF. So KFF Foundation. Mm, okay, that's nice. From the tuition that he has given, we also have every Saturday weekly, we call it reporting because we study a book and then we assign chapters to a reporter. Two grantees would be a teacher for that session. So it's like a Saturday session. We, we study a book, different books about leadership, Anything related to development of a student. Oh, that's nice. And because he's Swedish, we have to speak in English. We were forced to speak English. So that's why I like that as well. I forced myself to, to practice English at a young age because I started from second year high school, right? Maybe this is the reason why you are very confident in speaking in English and also in speaking to strangers, you know, generally. Probably. It kind of helped. I was in my formative years and it kind of like pushed me to that zone where I'm not comfortable and yet kind of I have to do it. Yeah, that's actually good. Not like my scholarship, which is very impersonal, which I'm still fine with, by the way. I mean, I got through college <laughs> and actually our college block, more than half of us were scholars. But there was one guy who just like Diane, so he was also a friend whom I called Kuya. So he's shy about sharing his story, but he agreed that I could tell it if I hid his name. So... Let's call him Kuya C. <laughs> As in Sharo. <laughs> Sharo Santos Concho. <laughs> From maalala mo kaya. Next to Kuya B is Kuya C. <laughs> so I'll read some words from his old blog post because he has a defunct blog. And then he said, and I quote, I lost my father when I was nine. He was the former chief of the local police when he was gunned down by a perpetrator still unknown to us until now. As the sole breadwinner for a family of six children, the cupboard was turned upside down after he was gone. Difficult may not have been an exaggeration of the life he went through without Papang. End of quote. So Kuya C was the valedictorian of his high school, but because his family struggled financially, someone with all his potential could not even proceed to college. So he left his province to try and find work in Sambuanga City with the ultimate goal of saving up money to self-fund his studies. So at least he had a drive to do that, right? But while he was in Sambuanga, somebody there suggested that he try to apply for a scholarship in Ateneo de Sambuanga University. And he managed to get a scholarship from a bank. And this scholarship not only paid his tuition fees but also gave him a monthly stipend. He stayed with his sister initially as she worked as a sales lady in pen shop. But then when he was in second year, she moved to Manila. So after that, then he needed to fund himself. But of course, just like Kuya B, he also had Diane's in his life. In a letter he once wrote to me, he thanked me for making his college days a breeze at times. And he reminded me of the time that when he could not afford to our last acquaintance party... Our classmate Lynette and I conspired by collecting money from all of our classmates just so he could attend, so that we could buy his ticket for him. And he also recently shared in a eulogy he wrote about our classmate Ronald, and I quote, 
I had the beautiful privilege of being among those blessed by Ronald's example of kindness and generosity. It had been an uneasy journey financially through college, and Nald was among those who readily and willingly lent a helping hand. Whenever he loaned me a sum to get through some tougher days, it usually came with a treat to Jollibee or Chowking. I was that lucky, end of quote. So our episode, again... Another Jollibee. <laughs> so Jollibee mentioned. And Chowking. They're the same franchise. In our episode 28, I mentioned that one of my most memorable moments in college was when a lot of us were in danger of not graduating on time because of one of our accounting subjects. Kuya C was one of the most devastated. He sat on the ground outside our classroom and started full-on sobbing. And you know, this is unusual for men to do that, right? This was the first time I saw him cry. I tried to comfort him that, you know, it would be okay, but he cried and said that it was not okay. That unlike me, he could not afford one more year of college because his family depended on him to graduate now so he could work Mm. and help them. So I was really happy when in the end, it all worked out. Thanks to the parents who fought the school and, you know, did welga welga. (laughs) So he managed to graduate on time after all. But because the CPA board exam review and the exam itself could only be taken in Manila, he could not afford it because there's no scholarship for that. That's right. After the deadline on the reservations for the review, his father's only brother offered help and sent money for his review. But he was too late to catch the review enrollment already. And he decided that it was more important that his other siblings continued to go to college. So they used that money partly for his siblings' education instead. So he stayed in Sambuanga City and immediately looked for a job, while the rest of us continued our accounting journey in Manila. It worked out for him after that. He found a job in a bank. Over a year later, after we were done with the board exam and were starving newbies in Makati, he was sent there for work. He stayed long enough to help us scout for an apartment, and this time, he was the one who volunteered to lend us money so that we could buy our furniture, wow. and he even helped us to move in. So, the tables had turned. Gulong ng palad ang buhay ay. Gulong ng It's Ray as well, right? Ray Palad? Oh, what's that his name? Ray Sala. A Ray Sala, okay. I don't even know who was the singer, but okay. <laughs> yeah, so the wheel of what is Pala? The Wheel of Life? the Palm? Uh, fortune. <laughs> Maybe it's the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> wheel of Fortune. So the song is about how life is a wheel. Sometimes you're down, sometimes you're up. Recently, we lost Ronald, one of our close college friends. So he was the one I mentioned earlier who was generous and gave him Jollibee, right? So he was someone who was also like a brother to me. Kuya C suggested putting up a scholarship fund in his memory... And we close friends, of course, wanted to contribute because all of us, including Ronald, were scholars and we want to pay it forward, as well as honor our late friend, whom we all love and miss terribly. So we are thinking of putting up a scholarship fund and calling it the Ronald Ross Memorial Scholarship. And we look forward to making a difference in maybe one or more than one Filipino's life by paying the price for his or her college diploma. Mm, that is really nice. Pay it forward. And that's my story. What about you? Do you have a similar story? 
there's Kuya B and Kuya C. <laughs> I think it's important for me to continue the story with a Kuya D. Okay, what is Kuya D's story? <laughs> so Kuya D's story is very similar to Kuya B and C in, in, in a way that he is also intelligent, he's gifted, he's also a valedictorian of his high school in province. And you've mentioned, you alluded to earlier that it's quite difficult to stay as an academic scholar depending only on the discount of you being an honor graduate because it's only for the first two semesters. And then it gets tougher and tougher because especially like your school, University of San Carlos in Cebu, is also one of the prestigious schools that welcomes a lot of brilliant students all over the Visayas. So in our school, you can only continue the 100% discount if you are the top one. And you need to have at least 1.2 average grade. Getting 1.2 is... (laughs) Also tough, right? Because aside from accountancy as a subject is tough, you also have a lot of minor subjects that you need to deal with, like biology. It's like, really? You still need to study biology? But anyways, you really need to ace all of your subjects. On the second year enrollment, he really was considering not pursuing or not continuing his studies because he could not afford it. So he was already planning to go back to his province until Adayan, heard the situation and then that Diane in my story talked to her parents and consider sponsoring the entire college tuition fee of Kuyadi. And the parents agreed and they were like, okay, we will sponsor. Wow, that's so nice. It was really nice of them. I don't know if the Diane of my story also had a cap or college assurance plan, but they were a, <laughs> <laughs> they were a wealthy family. And I mentioned in our previous episode that the wealthier the classmate I had, the kinder they were. Like they were really generous. They were really willing to help. And it was a very nice surprise that you know that family was able to sponsor Kuyadi's full college tuition. And they were so humble about it as well. Like It wasn't general knowledge that that person is being sponsored. Like It was hush-hush. When I knew about it, it was like I was so genuinely surprised and I was really happy about the generosity and that feeling of philanthropy to those who are in need. Yeah, I'm really amazed about these people who are very generous because for me personally, to be fair, I don't really have that much money also, so maybe that's why I'm not. But I wouldn't have been like the Yan that would give up my shopping habits just to sponsor my friend. That is really something that takes a lot of effort and sacrifice. Selfless sacrifice. Mm -hmm, Exactly. So I really feel that this is a really touching story. We need more Dayans in in the Philippines, right? Because Mm. we've mentioned about the rising cost of tuition, but then our household income really has not really risen that much. So we need more Dayans so that we can offer more opportunities to not only those who are freakishly smart, but also even though you're just good enough, right? Mm, Yeah. You deserve a chance as well. Like, why not? Yeah, because how can you get out of poverty? if you do not graduate from college, right? In the Philippines, I'm sure it is possible, but it's quite difficult, right? Like, even for us, when we were growing up, that's what our parents fed us, right? The line about if you do not graduate, if you do not study, then you will be poor forever, something like that. But that's actually very true, though. Yeah, in the Philippines, I think. In the Philippines, and I think in general, because we already have Mark Zuckerbergs, like college dropouts, who became a billionaire, and it becomes a false narrative for people that... Hmm? 
I don't need to go to school. Like, look at the richest people in the world. They were college dropouts, but hey, you're not Mark Zuckerberg. Come <laughs> exactly. On. Wake up. You're dreaming. If you're thinking you are, you are not. Like, seriously, you need to go to school. Wake up from your dream. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I don't know if that makes us old school in our way of thinking. Maybe our younger listeners would beg to disagree or whatever. But at least in the Philippine setting, you definitely need to graduate college so that you would at least even get a chance to apply somewhere that maybe would give you enough money to maybe put up some capital for a business if that's what you want. Because they always say that the people who get rich are usually those who are not employees. You need to be an employer. But where do you get the money? <laughs> Unless you're rich yourself, right? So if you come from a poor family, usually the only way to crawl out of that is through a college education. When you mention poor family, the Bohemian Rhapsody song. Spare Ribby's life from this monstrous But 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 you're right. It's hard to admit, right? But the Philippines is still very money-driven. If you don't have money, you really can't do anything. And it's true. It may be sad to know, but it is really true. If you don't have a proper education, you can't get a job or you can't get a decent chance at life in the Philippines. Even though there is rising cost in education, I would still argue that it's still a necessity. Yeah, because it's hard to even get a job, right? Like even if you just need a simple office job, you need to at least have a degree, even if it's not like a prestigious one. Yeah, you're right. Some companies, especially the better ones, right? They also choose based on where you graduated. You're right. So I would also argue that sometimes it's not enough that you just graduated from some random unknown university because you're not even going to include you in the shortlist. Oh, I'm just going to hire from ADMU and LaSalle and UP. It really matters as well that you do choose your school. I think it, it is a factor depending on which direction you want to go. And you're right, probably if it's a bank or if it's an accounting firm, then probably they are very picky on, on the school. But I'm hoping that gets washed down. And there's a show that we follow suits, right? That they also are very picky and they're usually just, was it Harvard? Yeah, that's why he faked that he was from very Harvard. Exclusive. <laughs> I mean, that happens in, I'm sure, most countries. Even in Singapore, they probably look at the top schools like NUS and what's the other one I can't remember? Nanyang. Yeah, I think it was Nanyang. So if you're from those schools, then you tend to find it easier to get a foot in the door, so to speak. I don't know the demographics of our listener base, but if you're still studying right now, you better get your... I don't, I don't want to cuss, but yeah, get your... Act together. Whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah, get your act get together. Get your act together. We will be just fine. So tell me what you want. What you is, that, is that the song? Yes, Am you're I, right. Am I singing the right song? So yeah, even if you really think that you could be the next Mark Zuckerberg, unfortunately... Mark Zuckerberg is the exception. He's not the rule. Maybe 80% of the people really need college. So I don't think we have listeners that are in high school, right? But if we do, <laughs> try to also get good grades so that at least you could get a scholarship because sometimes some scholarships depend on that. 
we are putting up a scholarship fund. We haven't really decided what our requirements are. We're meeting for the first time over the weekend about this. But maybe this is something to think about. Like, okay, are we going to have qualifications? Should it be somebody smart? Or maybe it doesn't have to be, right? Like you said, smart people, they have a lot of opportunities already. Elsewhere, yeah. So maybe we should find someone who doesn't need to be super smart, but at least you know that he has the heart. He really wants to study. Maybe that's something that we could consider instead. Yeah, that's for students. But if you're listening right now and you have the financial capacity to lend a helping hand, to pay it forward, perhaps reach out to us. Maybe we can connect you to Dayan or maybe to KFF Foundation or maybe to Ronald Ross Memorial Scholarship to be your funnel, (laughs) be your way to helping out the needy students or those who are most in need. Because especially if you're not in the Philippines, right? It's hard for you to assess who are the best who are the most deserving of that scholarship because you also want to make sure that the money that you have given or that you have donated gets to the right people and then those people become successful and those people will pay it forward as well. So it's kind of like a cycle and it becomes self-propagating projects. Then Diane, KFF Foundation, Ronald Ross Memorial Scholarship will be the best institutions to do that for you. Yes. (laughs) You have a good point. Yes. Remember how in the past, the Maala Ala Mokaya show, right? That's the inspiration for how we did this episode, right? Which is because Charo would usually read a letter. From a listener, yeah. Viewer. <laughs> a viewer, not a listener, yes. It was a TV show. <laughs> About that viewer's life, right? And then, usually, they wouldn't say the title at the beginning of the episode. Mm. Rather, it's at the end. And then you had to guess it. And I think you needed to text it to 2366, was it? Or if something? I can't really remember. <laughs> Maybe. If you're a Globe subscriber, 2366, otherwise, 447, or whatever number that was. Was it for no, 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 I can't I remember. remember. Yeah, but I think you needed to like text MMK and then the title of your guest. And then usually though, the title had absolutely no relevance <laughs> to the story. <laughs> because maybe they didn't want it to be easy to yes. guess, probably, right? Yes. Like I seem to remember there was this episode, I think it was about Lenny Robredo and you know her husband died, mm. right? So you would think that if it was a relevant thing, the title would be like airplane or what i think because he died in a plane crash or whatever but the title was toothbrush (laughs) it was just because when he died you know she saw his toothbrush and then that was it like okay that's like one second and then then all of a sudden well it's a commercial decision as well they want people to keep on guessing and the more entries you send Uh, the more money they can make out of it because if the price is like 10,000 then of course they need a lot more people to kind of text and it costs maybe 2 pesos and 50 cents to have an entry and yeah so they are really smart about it. so in that vein what do you think <laughs> is the title of Diane's story can you guess well pause for a moment to let you think of an answer and if you have an answer send your message to 2366 for <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> oh my god, what if they actually do it? No, don't, don't do, do it, it, guys. It's it a will joke. Cost it's a joke. Without any chance of winning. Don't do that. <laughs> you just think it and say it out loud if you want. You, you don't need to send it to anyone, just to yourself. And then timer is up. Are you done? And the correct answer is. Ta-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> so we really did follow MMK. Like it wasn't really that big of a deal, but it it, it was mentioned twice. So she joined beauty pageants, and then we mentioned that she won all of the contest except for beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, but maybe some of you guessed it, right? Congratulations if you did. Unfortunately, we don't really have 10,000 pesos to give you for that. We only have 10,000 likes or thank yous for you. Or congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations to you. And then we would also, aside from thanking the listener, we would also, of course, like to thank you, Diane, Mm. for sharing your touching story. We would like to encourage all of our listeners to please... Send us your story, whatever the story is. It doesn't even need to be related to the topic right now, right? Like, if you feel that one of our episodes evoked an emotion in you, like what happened with Diane, but if you have any other story that is something that Filipinos would be interested in, you think, Mm. right? Like, related to a Filipino experience, please share your thoughts with us. Again, I would like to repeat the email address, bananaqpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could also ping us at bananaqpodcast on Instagram. Mm. We really do enjoy reading your thoughts, especially the long ones. So don't be afraid. Don't say, oh, I'm so sorry. This is very long. It's okay. It's completely okay. And if we like your story, we might feature it in one of our episodes the same way that we did in this one. Or mention it on... Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it... Cutie Minute. The first cutie is Diane, of course. This entire episode was a cutie (laughs) minute. Well, cutie hour. (laughs) Yes, the one we just read out at the beginning of this podcast. So, yeah, Diane is our first cutie. Before I mention the cutie, all of the comments that we'll mention right now is... For episode 55, what's your favorite song? So our second cutie is our Suki cutie, Ero Ragya. And she said, I don't have a good voice, but I love singing in video okay. That's the thing, by the way, right? In the Philippines, we call it video okay. I don't know why. Whereas it's really karaoke just everywhere else. Anyway, she said, I have my video okay song list. I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole is one of those songs. Also, when Ray mentioned about A Perfect Circle, it brings back memories in 2012. I personally love Three Libras. I don't know if he also likes the string quartet tribute version of it, but I also love it. By the way, thanks for always mentioning me, even on your radio station, DJ Ice and Candy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are a staple, Eragia. Yes, and then yes, I love that string quartet tribute version. Um, it's the acoustic version of that uh, perfect circle three libra song. So yeah, oh. to answer your question, Eragia. Yes, I absolutely love that. Our third cutie is Ken Marco, sir, and he says, "What a fun episode! I love your engagements with your listeners and being able to hear new songs from the other cuties." Yeah, it was good, right? Because yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by how varied the responses were. Yes, I don't think we had the same answer, right? Yeah, it was different songs and somehow very diverse genre as well. Mm, yeah, exactly. Which is good because we had a lot to talk about. And then our last cutie is Call Me Katie, who said, 
Ray sounds like a real DJ. Clap. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, I can't make a career out of a DJ. That's why I'm just doing this as a hobby. But at least you somehow were able to fulfill your childhood yes, dream, right? Thank you. Even in this way. Yes, yes. yes. Now I could die. <laughs> What? Please don't. Oh my God. Why? Because <laughs> I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> Bonakid, batang may laban. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Bye.